0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, February the 22nd, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On February 22nd, 1980, the Miracle on Ice, they called it, took place at Lake Placid, New York. The United States Olympic hockey team upset the Soviets 4-3. to three. It was a big deal because the U.S. wasn't supposed to be that good and the Soviets were supposed to be unbeaten throughout all of the Olympic Games. The team went on, our team went on to win the gold medal. There was a movie made about it. I think the movie was called Miracle on Ice. Today in 1630, English colonists in Massachusetts Bay Colony first sampled popcorn. It was brought to them by a Native American named Quadraquina. He brought it to them for their Thanksgiving celebration. Popcorn. Today, in 1732, the first president of the United States, George Washington, was born in Westmoreland County in Virginia Colony. Today, in 1935, it became illegal for airplanes to fly over the White House. Today, in 1997, scientists in Scotland announced they had succeeded in cloning an adult mammal. They produced a lamb named Dolly. Dolly. Dolly however, was later put down after a very short, short life. Her life was marred by premature aging, disease, and all kinds of other maladies. We're not the creator. God is the creator. Today in 2016, the City Council of Charlotte, North Carolina, voted 7-4 to 4 to pass a new law allowing transgender people to choose public bathrooms that corresponded to their gender identity. In other words, they could go to the bathroom that they corresponded with what they felt like that day. If they were felt like a boy, they could go to the boys. If they felt like a girl, they could go to the girls. However, in 2017, today, the Trump administration lifted federal guidelines that said transgender students should be allowed to use public school bathrooms and locker rooms matching their chosen gender identity. The Trump Administration says, oh, no, 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 no. The boys pretending to be girls can't hang out in the girls' shower in the girls' locker rooms. That battle continues to this day, but it was being launched back in those days. You probably remember that. We talked about it on this program, and it was a national discussion. I could never figure out how anyone could support that position. But, of course, the left did. There's a continuing and increasing effort to transform the thinking of people in America and the world, but I'm particularly focused on our own country in America. Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed. That is the agenda of the left to transform the minds and the hearts of people in America today all to accomplish one end and that is a an extreme position in America under the guise of quote unquote democracy a an extreme position to bring people to become secular and humanistic in their world view and thus create the world that the left the so-called progressives envision for America. It's an absolute, absolute contradiction to that of our founding fathers and to that of those, George Washington, who led and those who fought in the Revolutionary War. I want to talk a little bit more about that today. I talked about it yesterday. I talked about Christian nationalism and how that's been stood on its head. If you didn't hear what we talked about yesterday, there's a podcast on our website, and if you live in Spokane, there are stations KTW it, it reruns all of our programs on Saturday morning. You can check that out, but we, it, it's an important topic, and it's being, it's being sort of presented and colored and shaded in pastels, and it's like, oh, don't worry about this. This is just conversation. It's just words. It isn't just conversation, and it isn't just words. It's words that intend to get to a certain place where it causes people to be conformed to the humanistic worldview that the left holds. It is very, it's very um, well thought out. It's very intentional. What's happening in our world today in regards to this, because it is simultaneously an attack on God and the people of God, who are simply patriotic Americans. That has now become bad. It's to be dealt with. That's where we are in our country today. And that's why I'm talking about it, because others are not. But they will be. It's coming. It's rooted in universities and colleges and so on and among the elite the you know the the a plus people so to speak as they're called sometimes so we need to be aware of this because it is not just a political move it is more importantly a spiritual move and it's trying to change the lifestyle the 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 world view of people who are believers, Christian believers. So we want to talk a little bit about that today, but I noticed in the news this morning that the Fulton County Superior Court judge didn't surprise me at all, Scott McAfee, who's presiding over the Trump election interference case. Yeah, he was a donor to the county prosecutor, this Fawny Willis. Uh, He was giving her money for her political campaign. Her political campaign had one message, I'm not overstating. It had one message, and I've looked into this. I didn't know her or care about her in in the sense of knowing what she was doing before all of this came up. But every, every speech she gave was about, if you'll elect me, if you'll elect me to be the county prosecutor, I will bring down Trump. Now, every political speech. So this... McAfee, this judge, Scott McAfee, he contributed to that. He's now presiding over her attempt to prosecute Trump. Not surprising, but it's just something you should know. He is, uh, that is how interconnected these people are with each other and their agenda. They're not looking, they're not seeking any kind of justice They're seeking an outcome using the justice system to do so. One other thing I wanted to make you aware of today is that we're learning, excuse me, we're learning that hundreds of college students at one of the largest party schools, it's known for that, in America, Florida State University, are dedicating their lives to God. It's happening. I keep mentioning these various outbreaks of spiritual renewal, because it's happening, the press tends to not cover it at all. Some in the press do. Some of the conservative press, they talk about it and make people aware. I want to do my part and make you aware, because otherwise you probably wouldn't know. You don't see ABC, NBC, and CBS down there covering it. But if you've got 15 kids that are crazy in in what they believe, and they're way off the wall with some kind of a thing – you see the network show up and cover it as though it's very serious and very important to the American people and blah, blah, blah. Well, this spiritual revival far exceeds that in its impact. There are hundreds and thousands of kids across America who are committing their lives to Jesus Christ. Not one of it, but it's everywhere. And it's happening, and it continues to happen. God is moving by his spirit among the youth in America today. You will not see that on your talking heads, on on the networks, on television, or on the radio, for that matter, if you listen to secular news. They just won't touch that, because that's religious separation of church and state and all that nonsense. Anyway, hundreds of college students, there's uh, a lady that was there, and she's posting um, on, on her social media platform, and she says that... Uh, She said there are hundreds uh, of Florida State University students that are giving their lives to God. They're they're having a prayer meeting there. It just sort of came up. And uh, she's a Christian author, Jenny Allen. She shared news of the event on her social media pages. There's photos. There's videos. They show the large group of this young, young people gathered at Westcott Fountain on the school's campus in Tallahassee. And um, God keeps doing it, she says, and others are saying that too. They confessed their sin. They came forward in droves to trust Jesus. We baptized hundreds of kids in the fountain that's usually used for partying and worse, she says. And it's all just the beginning. It's happening. God is moving among the youth. The other day I talked about Charlie Kirk and his turning point USA. <laughs> he's got a couple hundred thousand kids involved in that across the nation. It is a it is a social um, organization and outreach, but it's also and Charlie is deeply committed. I know the pastor of the church where he attended growing up and so on. And I don't know him, but I I know a lot about him. But I know where he's coming from, <clears throat> and uh, he has a very commit deep commitment to young people accepting Christ as their personal savior. His organization, the Turning Point USA, as I talked about the other day, is focused and is best known across the country as a politically conservative organization where kids are able to, young college students in particular, are able to express their, their beliefs, their conservative beliefs. But that is rooted in the Christian faith. So all of these things are happening around the country. So when you, when you, when you hear, you know, contrary uh, reports and contrary comments, don't believe it. God is, is doing a great work in the kids, in the young college-age kids and younger across the country. And it's happening primarily on campuses because that's where they're gathered, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this Christian nationalism. They've taken patriotic Americans. Remember when, you know, on Labor Day or whatever, we'd have these in the big cities and the little towns scattered out across the country, we'd have a parade and, you know, it would be a Labor Day parade or a Memorial Day parade or whatever it was. And, I mean, they were everywhere and a lot of them still exist. But people would stand there and they would put their, their hand on their heart when the flag went by and, Nobody thought they were weird. Nobody thought they were, like, off track. They were patriotic. They loved their country. But today, if a Christian expresses patriotism, they are immediately, immediately labeled as Christian nationalists. That's where we are today. And this is they are, they are trading on, on the value of Christianity, and they are trading on the value of patriotism toward America, and they are turning it upside down. They're inverting it, and they are making it something that any decent person should not want to get involved in. And if you are a Christian, you need to keep that in your church. Because that's not the right way to do it in America. That's intermingling government and, and, and religion and all of these kinds of things. And plus, plus, these people are trying to usurp the authority of our government. But wait a minute. They're the ones that are the patriotic people. And they're the religious people who are often the first to step up and serve their country. It's confusing. That's why we're talking about it. Writing for the Federalist, Thomas Kelly, he gets this, and he wrote about it yesterday. Thomas Kelly, he says, last weekend, Rob Reiner's new documentary, God and Country. I mentioned that that movie yesterday, that film. It was a disaster. It was a It was a bomb. Nobody went to see it. I mentioned that. Well, Kelly's talking about it. He's with the Federalist. He said uh, Rob Reiner's new documentary, God and Country, debuted in theaters nationwide. He said the movie, which attempts to explain why Christian nationalism is a threat to democracy, uses a number of politically progressive, self-identified Christians to attack politically conservative Christians. He said this line of attack that Christian nationalism makes bad Christians, He says it's it's crazy. He said it's been pushed by leftists and corporate media for some time now, and there's there's perhaps no one better at pushing the popular but dishonest narrative than sociologist Andrew Whitehead. So I looked into Andrew Whitehead a little bit. Whitehead is a professor at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. He's one of a cluster of aspiring public intellectuals academics who cite a current or a past affiliation, here's the key, with conservative evangelical Christianity. He does that to legitimize his arguments against that form of Christianity, biblical evangelical Christianity, and to undermine people who are patriotic and Christian. In the the culture in America. I wrote an article about this today, and I would encourage you. I I know some of you aren't online. I I read your notes, and and I understand that. I do. But I think most of you are. And I I wrote an article today. We publish one every day. It's on our website, faithandfreedom.us, not not .com. Remember that, because that will take you to – there's a Christian college that's pretty legit, that's faithandfreedom. I think it's dot com. There's a there's a Muslim site that's faithandfreedom.com dot or dot something. And anyway, we're dot us like United States. Faith and freedom. Go on our website and uh, <clears throat> you'll see an article. If you do, if you go on there today, you'll see an article that we published this morning. And it's about what I'm talking about right now. And in it is a video. It's called God and Country and it's only a couple of minutes long, but you should see the conversation that's taking place there. I put it there for a purpose, and it is to inform people. It's seductive. I mean it's something you almost think, Well boy, I wonder I wonder if I'm wrong. You know, I wonder what if they're right. I mean it is very, very useful to Satan. Kelly says in Whitehead Whitehead's latest book American idolatry: How Christian nationalism betrays the gospel and threatens the church. It was released in 2023, last last year. He said Whitehead takes aim at political and theological views he labels Christian nationalism. He confidently asserts that his beliefs about the harmful nature of Christian nationalism are grounded in empirical, scholarly research, and that Christian Christian nationalism makes adherents bad Christians. So, in other words, if a Christian becomes involved in the political process in your community, say, your state, our country, it's going to somehow taint you, and they're saying that you will become conformed to the world, as Paul instructed us not to be, if you become involved in politics as a Christian. That's the message. And it's a message to get evangelicals to stop voting because they see us as not necessarily a majority in America, but no one can really win without the vote without the vote of a number of, if not most of, evangelicals. I mean that's just a fact. So this is an attempt to split that group of people who would tend to vote not for a Joe Biden. Or even Hillary Clinton, although more than 7 million self-identified evangelicals voted for Hillary Clinton. Whitehead is not a nobody, and that's why I'm talking about him now. He's an influential academic, and people listen to him. Big crowds show up to hear him talk. His earlier work talks about in academia <clears throat> has been you know, celebrated and identified and rewarded and so on and so forth. He writes a lot for Time Magazine and so on. His book boasts blurbs from progressive Christian influencers like Jamar Tisby and Beth Allison Barr and some of those people. He presents them as though they kind of represent Christianity, but they don't. Whitehead is even getting favorable coverage from generally reasonable Christian YouTube channels. Some of them are saying, well, maybe we need to reconsider this. Inspiring philosophy has been running him lately on their on their YouTube channel. Despite the flaws of his work, Whitehouse, Whitehead, Whitehead argue, his argument has found an audience, and it's a growing audience. That's why that's what we do on this program is inform. There's a lot of information in the article that debunks the current narrative in the Federalist uh, article yesterday. Whitehead writes that in 2021 there were a bunch of unmarked graves. Hundreds of indigenous children were uncovered near a Christian boarding school in Saskatchewan, Canada. Now, stay with me. I know you're thinking, "What do I need to know about Saskatchewan, Canada, and a graveyard? But listen to me. The graves contained close to 800 remains. Whitehead, in his book and in his speeches that he gives, argues that conservative Christians in the United States probably will follow a similar path in the near future, committing atrocities in the name of Christ. They will not only break into the capital of the United States, but they will begin to kill massive people because those people are seen as enemies of God. There never was a mass grave, though. That's the problem that was found in Saskatchewan. The leader of the Kowassis First Nation, it's a Canadian uh, Indian Indigenous nation. They're, they're near, its, near a residential school supposed mass grave. They explicitly reject the idea there is no mass grave. They said there's an old graveyard. I mean, centuries old graveyard. Couple of 150 years, whatever, 200 years, and it's been there's there's been cover over it unfortunately it's deep and it was of the people who lived in the area who were buried there and they have used certain equipment, penetrating radar or whatever, to find these bones, but they said it has nothing to do with a massacre it's it's an old graveyard he goes on using this, every time he gives a speech he uses that example of what we, who are evangelical, biblical Christians, will probably do. Because we are showing signs of being that, um, that forceful in trying to change America into a religious nation. You say, wow, that's what I said too. That's why I'm talking about this. Well, lying about mass graves is probably the worst thing that Whitehead does. His whole book his whole book, is really shoddy research. He wrote with this sociologist, Samuel Perry. You don't have to look very deep if you do a little research where he's coming from. His whole website characterizes him as among the nation's leading experts on conservative Christianity and American policies. No, he isn't. He just says that. You know, I could tell you I'm an eagle, too, (laughs) but I'm not. Whitehead thinks the black Christians generally have good political opinions, and white Christians generally have bad political opinions. That's not surprising for a progressive to hold that view, but he espouses that. People listen. They take notes. The two groups do have big political differences, but racial political differences are nothing novel to hear about or publish about. So he chooses to argue, Whitehead, chooses to argue that the Christian nationalism causes different political beliefs among different groups. But studies have been done, and that isn't true. People gravitate towards certain groups because of their beliefs. The group they're in doesn't create the beliefs. I mean, that's just a fact. But he he completely eliminates that, doesn't even address it. Kelly concludes, the guy that's writing for The Federalist, he said, I doubt that the left-leaning audience for this book stays up wondering whether it's okay for Christians sometimes to criticize the United States. He said it's a string of rhetorical questions meant to persuade the reader that the book, one that lies about mass graves and is based on shoddy research, is the result of careful scholarship and moral reflection rather than a partisan Hack job. He said the only people, the only people who could take this book seriously are the people who want to be fooled by it. They want to believe that. That caught my attention. People who are pushing this so called Christian nationalism, and it's a growing number of people because of various motivations, including selling books. But people who are pushing this Christian nationalism it is it is a problem that must be solved they're creating the problem they're telling you how bad it could be and what evangelical Christians who are start trying to dominate our political system might do they might kill masses of people they broke into the capitol i mean how do we know what they'll do there's that potential The so-called Christian nationalism is trying to solve a problem that they say must be solved, but they're merely looking for ways to affirm what they have chosen already to believe. And they want to take others with them. And they particularly want to undermine the vote of 40, 50, 60, 70 million Americans who are Bible-believing Christian evangelicals who vote from their heart and their conscience and their beliefs. That's where we are in our country today. It's sad, but true. There is nothing the left won't do to deceive, to mislead, and to get you to act according to that deception and the misleading information that they've given you. Unfortunately, the press is lined up with this. their enablers. Our biggest voices in America, the networks and so on, they're all aligned with this. I don't know if they're acting out of stupidity, uh, they're uninformed, or if they really know what's going on and they agree with it, I would guess the latter. But that's what's happening in our country today. They're trying to make this a secular country, a humanistic country that we were never have been and never intended to be. Thank you for your support of this ministry. It makes it possible. And thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.